0: you're in a good place now you are listening to perspectives with Ashley Burgess
1: welcome back live to live your true life perspectives and I'm your host Ashley Burgess on today's show we're talking about social media I believe that social media was created to connect other people to connect us to our friends and our family even folks that are on the other side of the globe But I also find that social media has a little bit of a dark side. I I think that it has a dark side in the fact that, well, we end up looking at other people and we end up comparing our lives to theirs, comparing their job titles, their accolades, where they live, their home, their family, their car, and the list goes on. And I find that very interesting because I think that the sole creation of it was to connect people, to connect them, not divide them. And that's what I find very interesting. And so on today's show, we're going to be talking about social media, but how you can keep your social media in place, how you can keep it in that positive light where you're actually connecting with others, growing and learning, but you're not falling into the rabbit hole of comparing your life to other people's lives. Because I think that's when social media takes on a very negative turn. And that's when we get obsessed. And with that obsession, we become obsessed about other people, but we also get down and negative about our life. Don't forget to check out Art for Your Cause. Go to artforyourcause.com. Go to artforyourcause.com. Click on that, and you can check out this amazing website where we connect artists with not only their work and selling their work, but connecting it with charities that actually get money from, ch- from donations from the sale of these art pieces from these artists. Also, there's different clothes as far as even yoga pants and uh, even dog tags that are designed from this artist's work that these artists sell to give money back to these charities. The really neat thing about it is your charity gets their money to keep their doors open, and the artist makes money on their original work which, as usual, when you're dealing with the type of charitable scene, most often the artists donate their work and they don't make anything in return. And so it's a win-win situation for all. I find that very interesting. And I find it very cool because it's something that's not being done. Also, don't forget to check out the Connection app. Go to the Connection app. You can go to the App Store, whether it's on Apple or Google, and you can put in the Connection app and you can click through that and you can actually see the Connection app. It brings folks together. So it creates stronger marriage and it creates those habits to connect uh, a husband with a wife, a wife with a wife, whatever, to get that connection. And the so it's so needed nowadays with such a busy world that we live in. We live in a busy time where we're Overly active, overly work, too much going on, too much on our plate. And quite honestly, one of the last things that we're dealing with is our own relationship. Whether you're married or living with somebody, you're dating somebody, this app can really help you. You can go to AshleyBurgess.com. You can actually go to that front homepage right there. You can see the Connection app banner there, and you can click right through that as well. Joining me in studio today live, Reggie Harvey. Reggie Harvey just wrote the book, Anatomy of a Patient. It's been out, and he's actually writing his second book. Um, And this book is amazing because it's helping folks all over the world to be able to understand how to deal with health issues, how to deal with a family member that's dealing with an overwhelming health issue. And it really goes through moment to moment of what Reggie has dealt with. And it helps others reading it to be more powerful and to understand not only the system, but to understand the power they have within. And so on today's show, we're talking about social media. We're talking about how to really keep social media in its right place, right? A lot of times we begin to use social media as a comparison. We begin to use it to compare ourselves to other people. We begin to use it almost in a negative way because we start seeing other people's lives and we begin to question our own validity. So at some point we have to put it in its place. Reggie, we've talked about this concept, and, you know, I have talked about social media, and we both know how, and I think everybody listening knows, how impactful social media is right now, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, you know, the list goes on. What do you think about that, being that it's supposed to be the great connector, but in reality, to some degree, it's become the great divide?
2: Well, actually, when I grew up in the mid-late 1960s and early 1970s, people still talked to one another directly. People read encyclopedias, they read novels and research texts, people frequented public and collegiate libraries, and people regularly attended discussion and debate sessions and participated in group discussions. People wrote letters to one another. In the mid-2000s when Facebook became a thing, I lost several colleagues who immediately adopted the platform as their primary source of personal communication. I was still writing emails like we used to handwrite or type letters, fully spelling out words, crafting sentences, perspectives, and opinions, as well as exchanging facts. But I lost um, when I lost those colleagues who wanted to adopt Facebook, I, I warned them and said, well, this isn't a thing for me. I'm having trouble turning the noun friend into a verb to friend. That, to me, feels like stalking people. Uh, it was creepy. Uh, so I'm a very, very, very late adopter. Uh, only really getting into the, the, the platform since 2018. Prior to that, I had 19 friends on Facebook and I only checked it about three to four once every three to four months. Um, funny thing though, I really didn't lose any contact with people who were truly in my circle of care. Uh, we still found ways to contact each other and interact with each other on a regular basis. And since I uh, succumbed to this renal failure issue and had to really become uh, transparent, my communication with people has even improved regardless of the social media platform. So even though it is has a very important function in society, you can still survive without it which tells me that you can survive using it to your benefit rather than allowing it to use you.
1: That's so true and I think that most of us don't. I think we realized that in the very beginning. I think it was exciting and interesting and new and and we really enjoyed it, but at the same point, I think nowadays I think we almost have become so addicted that the time amount that we spend on it gets us into trouble. Like, you know, the what is it? Idle idle hands, what is that? What's that no, saying?
2: Idle hands get um, something about a devil's workshop or something, something like that right yeah. so like
1: idle fingers on your smartphone you know it's like the devil's workshop and the fact that we sit there and look at these posts and I know some of you out there say, no that's not me that's not me you know what seriously I mean I have some clients that are on Instagram from 12 midnight to 2 to 3 a.m. in the morning comparing themselves to other people women look at, looking at other women about how they're married men looking at other people's family dynamic wishing they had it and I think that's the key. And it's like Reggie just recently got on Facebook because I remember trying to explain to you something about Facebook one day and you were like, Oh, wait a second, I don't even know I don't even know what you're talking about. But remember it's like I, I think it was it was created for a reason. But and I think that many of us got on it for a reason, but we switched over time.
2: That's true. And um in preparing for this topic I looked up a few statistics and I was shocked and somewhat appalled to learn that 33% of young adults get news from social networks, 34% watched TV news, 13% read print or digital content, 19% of Americans get news from Facebook, Google, or LinkedIn, and 36% of those who get news from a social network got it yesterday from a survey, which tells me um, we're sort of in a new dark age We've got tons of information. It's not that any lack of information, but we don't know how to sort it. We don't know how to evaluate it. We don't know how to um, critically think about the information that's coming at us and compare sources in order to figure out what we believe uh, makes sense. Um, We're not intentionally researching topics. We just accept the last thing that came on the screen or the boob tube or, um, in a, in a, in a, in a headline or, or whatever. And we don't even, uh, want to know the context of the story or who wrote it, or uh, their perspective. It's sort of like if a stranger calls you and tells you, oh my gosh, your garage is on fire. You don't know this person from Adam. Are you going to believe him? But if your best friend whom you talk to every damn day calls you and says, hey, I drove by your house today and your garage is on fire. You're going to leave whatever you're doing and go check, out, check it out because you trust the source. And we've lost that ability to even consider whether we trust sources or not. And that adds to this, the, the problem of this comparison thing because that we're comparing uh, false equivalents um, from sources we don't even have any, any, any background on.
1: That's true. And and we're also comparing our lives to other people's lives that we don't even know if what we're seeing is reality.
2: True. Um, I, I'm not sure what turned society that that direction. I, I don't know if it was a uh, it's almost like a intellectual self-medication kind of situation or an mm-hmm. escape. Um, I miss the video craze too, video game craze. When that came out, the last video game I played was Miss Pac Man. Mm -hmm. I tell you how dated I am. But um, I've known people that got into all of these themed game series, and they'll spend eight, ten hours on the weekend glued to their screen playing with God knows who from where. Uh, And I'm not criticizing that, I just don't understand how they don't get bored. I, I, I couldn't do that. I, I'd slit my wrists.
1: I, I understand, and it's interesting, this whole dynamic we have nowadays, especially like on the social media you have, like on Facebook, you have multiple games and people asking you to play games, which I don't play games on social media. But I also find, too, um, the great divide is not only happening with the comparison, but the divide is like what you said is happening from the the... Whatever, I, I like to put news in quotations. When we read on Facebook, um, the updates that we see from folks, the news articles, again, in air quotes, that I, you can't see me here on the radio, but I'm using air quotes because I feel that people are putting this stuff out there. They're not checking their facts. They're not checking to see if this was even publicized. If you really look at some of these things that people are putting on their timeline, it goes back to some publication I've never even heard of. And we don't even know if the information's real. And I'm seeing people get very divided and very heated and very upset. I mean, just the other day, I saw something about an equal rights thing and something about a new constitutional thing and people were getting all up in arms. Then you see all different types of various things about whether it's about impeachment or whether it's about whatever. And we have all these articles going up on Facebook I don't really know how legitimate they are. And it's causing people to even divide from their social circle who are supposedly their friends. And now people are cutting out these people because they no longer have the same political thought process or they don't agree with the article, even though we don't even know if the article is real.
2: And the people, I think, that are posting a lot of the bogus content aren't even concerned about the uh, ramifications of what they're doing. They're being sensationalist in order to get followers, get views, uh, retweets, or whatever it is. Um, and, and they're being um, lazy and cavalier about the impact that this um, casually accurate information may cause other people. Mm-hmm. And it got worse when that same idea of celebrity Uh, took hold in um, combination with reality TV, quote, unquote. Um, You remember Paris Hilton? Mm -hmm. Nobody knew who the hell Paris Hilton was or why she was even famous. She was just famous to be famous. Uh, A trust fund baby, probably a very nice person, but um, the world went nuts over every moment and every minute that Paris Hilton had. Then they started gossiping about it, which, which, I think, exacerbated this issue that you brought up about people comparing their lives to other people. Well, not everybody wakes up and has a trust fund worth 400 or $800 million when they're 12 years old. That mm-hmm. just doesn't happen to everybody. So no matter how much wishing you do, how many candles you burn, uh, how many buckets of Kentucky Fried Chicken you sacrifice, it mm-hmm. isn't going to happen. So let that go. You know, I, I, I it, and, and then people started arguing with each other about silly stuff
1: mhm um well, also, they all feel like one of the things that I think is one of the biggest nom- misnomers in our world is the fact that people talk about strangers. I don't believe that anybody's a real stranger. I think we're all connected because we're all human beings, right? The fact is that there's only a certain degree of separation from anybody. So I think that that kind of story and that sensationalism is appreciated because, really, in the background, everybody really is connected. And the fact that, you know, in that situation, the person wasn't really famous in their own right, they were famous because of parents. Obviously, the financial implication of the Hilton family. And because of that, that actually kind of, you know, basically catapulted her to like a starlight figure. So when we return, we're going to be talking more about social media, about how you can really put social media back in its place. Because it's not just about, it's not just about comparison. It's about... Reality, what are we doing on this? Why are we taking our time on this? Why are we allowing this to spend so much time? Why are we allowing this to take our time from our day? Some of you really need to get on your smartphone right now and you can go to your settings and you can actually find how many minutes you've been online probably today. You can also find how many minutes you've been on social media or how many, at least how many minutes or how many hours more like it, you've been on your phone today. So, if you've been on your phone for five, six, seven hours, we really probably need to cut. This is a perfect show for you. Do not change the dial. If you've been only on the phone for an hour, so keep it here because we want you to help make the most of your time. Stay tuned because Live Your True Life Perspectives with your host, me, Ashley Burgess, will be back in. Be back this time in two shakes.
0: Turn it up and jump in the deep end on perspectives. Now, here's Ashley.
1: Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today's show, we're talking about social media, about putting social media back in its place. It's gotten out of place, it has become the end all be all of life's existence. It has become a place for us to read news. It has become a place for us to compare ourselves to other people. It was not supposed to be that way. It was supposed to be a place where we went and saw people's baby pictures. It was a place that we went when somebody had a wedding on the other side of the world and we got to see the wedding pictures. It was a place that we went to be able to connect with our brother or sister that's off in college. The list goes on. It was not supposed to be how it has become. It has gotten out of hand and we have let it get out of hand. Don't forget to check out Art for Your Cause, artforyourcause.com, where the artist and the charity are connected. The artist makes money on their work, as well as the charity, getting a donation to keep the doors open and to keep doing what they do best. Joining me in studio today live, Reggie. Reggie and I have been talking about the concept of social media and talking about exactly how to really put it in its place. So right before the break, we were talking about sensationalized like stories about how, you know, we all around the world read stories about various people and and how that would get people interested. It would entertain. Then it became a source of drama and it became a source of talking about it, making fun of it. And the list goes on. And then eventually you have the memes, the crazy memes of the person. So, I mean, Reggie, I know that you're not a big social media buff. I know that you're not on it for hours on a day, but I know that you have friends just like I do who get on there. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm not just—I'm not completely innocent here. Um, when I get on there sometimes, and I'm not paying attention to time, I can sit there and look at stuff. I can sit there and look at other people's pictures and start maybe judging my life adversely, maybe or the other way around. Or I can start reading some of this, and you can start making decisions about people. Or, you know what I'm saying, and, and you kind of go down that that rabbit hole, and all of a sudden, you've sucked up 45 minutes of time, and you have nothing to show for it.
2: Well, that's true. And I think another big contributor to this craze was when they finally put in uh, cameras and cell phones, which I thought was the craziest idea going. I'm not a big photo person to begin with, but I just thought that was nuts. And still today, I forget that I have a camera in my cell phone. <laughs> uh <clears throat> But some people are addicted to it, and this whole idea of selfies, oh, my gosh, you look the same way five seconds ago that you did this morning. I, I, I don't get it. You know, why do you need 200 pictures of yourself today?
1: And they post them all. And haven't you yes. seen those people where they post like a collage of yes. them every day? Like six or seven all in a collage every single day, and you're like, okay, girl, all right? Okay, dude. I mean, what are you doing? I remember
2: around 2000, I received this email from a professional colleague of mine. It consisted of 32 color photos of her dog. This was the ugliest dog that ever even thought about being in the puppy bowl. I mean, it was horrible. I was insulted. I called a friend of mine and I said, I got this insane email with all these ugly pictures of a dog. What is this person trying to tell me? And my friend just broke out laughing. She said, Reggie, the person who sent you this photo cherishes this dog. And she's sharing with you a very personable, personal, personal moment. It's a, it's a compliment. And I was stunned. I mean, that was the ugliest damn dog I've ever seen in my life. But, uh, that happened right after, uh, they started, you know, putting cameras and phones. And I just, I, I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't even think it was going to become a craze, but then, then it has, and it's morphed into all this other stuff. So, I I don't know. I I think people have lost track of pursuing their personal ambitions. Um, They don't believe in themselves anymore that they can actually accomplish things, even small tasks, or they're somehow um, uh, not satisfied with who they think they are and how they think people perceive them. So they get into the trap of trying to create avatars for themselves and to promote that out on social media, which sets another trap because they had to remember what the lie was that they told yesterday so they can continue it um, and, and beef up this, this fake image. I don't know. It's just all too much work for me.
1: Um, I agree with you. I think it's interesting. I, I think also my concern too is I agree with what you're saying and, and, and I'll take that even a step further. I feel like, we as a culture believe the pictures that we see we believe it we believe it on the news we believe it on social media we believe in those pictures and we put so much solidarity into that and then we make judgments on our own life or we make judgments as to how we're supposed to live what we're supposed to own or what we are supposed to achieve in life and so when we return to we be talking more about that and how to put social media in its place. Live Your True Life Perspectives will be back this time in two shakes.
0: This is Jake Busey, and you're
2: listening to Perspectives with Ashley Burgess.
1: Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today's show, we will be talking about social media, how social media has become, well, it's not entertainment anymore. It used to be connecting with family and friends and coworkers and folks you haven't seen and people that moved to another country and – Maybe even your sister or brother who just had a kid and you're getting to see the the baby's first steps and you see the pictures. And, th- and that was great. That was awesome. We connect with even our folks from high school and middle school. And I have so many friends on there from high school, middle school, college. It's great. New friends that you meet, people you meet in passing. But I've realized that it's become something else. It's become a place where we compare ourselves to others. It becomes a place that we actually air our dirty laundry. It becomes a place that we put out stuff that we can never take back. And it's going to be out there forever. And I find it interesting because I remember growing up in high school. I, I had a cell phone toward the end of my high school years, but there it wasn't like they are now. There wasn't a there wasn't a camera attached to it, and people weren't just shooting pictures and sticking them up on Facebook, right? So you didn't have to really worry about some of the stuff that was going on. And nowadays, people are posting all kinds of stuff. People are posting stuff about their marriages. They're posting stuff about their kids. They're posting stuff about their problems. And Reggie, I don't know about you, but I've read some stuff on there you can't take back. I mean, I've read some stuff where people go off and talk about their spouse in some of the worst ways. And and you just can't take that back or they berate somebody or they call someone out. And, And it's just it's like totally the don'ts on social media. I mean, what do you think about that?
2: Well, I struggled when I started uh, my professional work life because I didn't understand that most people were intrigued by invading your personal business. Well, in my world, my little Reggie world, it was personal and it was none of my business. That's what I thought about personal business. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn in in the professional work world to ask in what I thought were invasive questions of people or otherwise they thought I hated them. And I'm like, I didn't even think about you, much less hate you. I don't know you well enough to hate you. But people actually assume that because I wasn't interested in their children or their family, I never asked about them or anything like that. I don't know those people. I wasn't I didn't think it was my business to 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 inquire about that. We were at work, but that was a real big deal. And then I found out that since people didn't know about my personal business, they started making it up, creating stories for me. And then I found myself being uh, forced to answer questions, and I didn't know where they were coming from or why, and it was because somebody had made up a story about what I was doing when I went back 70 miles um, to Houston from work, and they didn't even live in Houston in Houston. You know, so it's like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. <clears throat> so I had to learn to do mindless chit chat on very intimate issues that were none of my business. And it was still uncomfortable.
1: Right. And and so and, and it was interesting because at that time, social media wasn't really prominent. Right. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> but that was my first exposure to it.
2: Um, and then it just seemed to explode once social media came in into. I would never think to go to social media to actually look up information on somebody i
1: don 't know number you I like I, to troll their like to troll yes. their profile and to look at it and go through all their pictures and
2: I have better things to do than that i i don 't care
1: i just <laughs> i just don 't care. Um <clears throat> but people do it and they and they troll they people call it trolling right so they 're mm-hmm. trolling through there they 're trying to figure out who's who 's who what 's what. What somebody's doing, what's their prerogative, what are they up to? I mean, I've even had some folks that I know were like going through my friends list and like adding people, and I didn't. I've even had friends call me and say, "You've got to make your friends list private because you got people poaching." And and I'm just and it's the craziest thing. And it's interesting how people will do stuff on social media that they would never dare do in well, reality. Well, another thing that sort of
2: skewed my whole opinion about the value of social media was when it became a thing, I was still working inside a a department of defense and I had to deal with an agency called defense investigative services. Um, and if you broke the rules and security clearances were a big deal, um, the iron curtain in, in uh, Germany was still a thing. Uh, you could get disappeared uh yeah the verb disappeared from work mm-hmm. little little men in little gray suits would come and actually physically haul people out of the office out of their desk chair and cart them away never to be seen again mm-hmm. i've seen that happen um and and under that environment um your neighbors got interviewed your family members got interviewed and they were under penalty of imprisonment couldn't tell you that this had happened. And so uh, there was already this agency invading your life just to make sure that you weren't a security risk. If you got kidnapped uh, and, and give away government secrets. So that sort of, once I got out from under that after 15 years, I was really not interested in trying to uh, uh, get outside my lane. Uh, but uh, that was a unique experience for me. But, I, I think it, it instilled in me the idea of immediate and permanent consequences that you couldn't talk your way out of, and we're saying, I'm sorry, did not help.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry doesn't work, right? I'm sorry as you're being hauled out. And it's interesting. I've ha- I have some friends that work for various uh, government agencies, and, and I know your, your situation in the past, you know, they talk about, you know, how also they have to be aware of everybody that's a friend on their Facebook and that there are many, many questions asked upon them about their friends on Facebook. And so they have to be very cognitive of who they accept or don't accept. And and uh, I think that's very interesting too because they'll go through that and ask various questions and I had a friend say, I don't even know who you're talking about because they were asking about some random person and they realized that it was a friend of theirs on Facebook. And Wait, I mean, it's interesting the connections we have. Exactly. Now, I missed that evolution
2: of it because I had already left uh, DOD by that time, but Yeah, people, I guess I had a heightened awareness of consequences as well as I had this naive social ineptitude that did not make me overtly curious about people's personal business. Uh, And I had to learn to walk the tightrope between what was acceptable and what made people comfortable that, you know, uh, for instance, I never did bring pictures of my family members or my activities or whatever and post, put them on my desk or my wall. And one of my bosses came to my office one day and said, Reggie, please start bringing something from home and put on your desk. I said, why? Mm-hmm. He said, because I'm always thinking you're going to leave. You're going to quit. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, uh, you are you have no connection to what I'm doing. So this is work. This is completely separate. I never was comfortable with this issue but i've come to expect that from many people they they need to feel that they have some personal connection with you or they get suspicious of you and then start thinking of things they would do and transferring that stuff onto you
1: that's so true. Like they start thinking, "Oh, I wonder what he really is up to," and "Oh my gosh, I don't have any pictures here." You know, it'd be funny actually as a joke if you just cut out a bunch of pictures out of a magazine and stuck them in different frames and put them up there, like half famous people. Oh <laughs> yeah, my this God. is my sister. This is my brother John. Mm-hmm. You know, but seriously, it's like, P- and and I-, I like connecting with people. I do like that, but I feel like when we talk about social media, in particular, too, is that I think some of the connections on social media are heartwarming they're connect. i mean like you and i on the show you know people really connect and they're you know watching us on facebook live and they're connecting with the show whether they're listening on the radio or listening on facebook live or other media they really connect with our message and they talk about it and it comes from the heart and it really speaks to them and on that level i think social media has um, I, I think that's a great thing. And I think that people can connect over various things, a situation in their life, um, that they were impacted with, um, you know, even like your book, getting the word out, you know, people are getting impacted by that. Groups of people that come together out of pain and suffering or groups of people that come together out of, you know, at a party or surprise or whatever that looks like. I think there's some really great moments on social media. But on the flip side, I also think that there's some folks that actually believe sometimes that some of these relationships with some of these folks are closer than they are. I think that some people get mistaken. And then I also feel that some people feel um, they can actually be out and about with with actual human, their friends that are there in the moment at the same location as them, and they find it more interesting to be on social media while they're with the friends talking to these Facebook messaging people that aren't there. And, and, I, and I think that I agree that there's a portal to connect with other people, but I also feel that sometimes we lose that human connection, and sometimes we infer a closer connection to some people that we really don't have. Well,
2: what is interesting... To me, on that topic, is I, I look back at my life, and now I'm, I am now I am um, reconnecting with people that I worked with maybe 10, 20 years ago. They've gone off into other things. Life happened. They got married. They got divorced. Um, and it's it's been interesting to me to find out that there's still that, that some 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 activity we did together meant something to them. And I'm beginning to be told stories that they've held on to for 10, 15 years uh, as to what I said or what I did that touched them in a special way or helped uh, change their life when they were going through something that I didn't realize they were going through. But because I had a connection with them and I realized there was something kind of amiss about their behavior, I said something encouraging or I gave them space, or something that I don't really know how important it is, and it was life-changing for them. I'm beginning to learn that. What I'm saying is that my connections with people that have lasted for decades wasn't based on what their job title was, who they worked for, who they were related to. It had to do with some shared experience, whether it was school, whether it was work, whether it was a customer project. Uh, whether it was just some artistic thing that we shared an interest in or uh, a hobby or uh, a physical adventure like whitewater rafting or hiking, whatever. I would meet people randomly, uh, and we would get to talking about something that was interesting to us intellectually. And it might be years before I actually found out who they were if they were somebody supposedly important, that didn't matter to me. I met them because we shared an experience. And what I'd like to suggest, if you have a connection that was made that way, social media can assist you in keeping up or in touch with those people. And it becomes different because you didn't meet them Randomly, because they were on social media, or who who how many followers they had. You know, they had over a thousand followers. So you want to be part of that pack. It was just some simple shared experience that was very personal that happened one time, and that made a connection with you. Those relationships are so much richer, and they last forever, because it, it was usually a turning point in somebody's life, mm-hmm. and you don't realize sometimes the impact you have, even on a random stranger crossing a street and you stop and smile or speak to this person, uh, acknowledge that they're on the planet, that can do more for a human being than all of the memes or all of the texts or all of the gossip that you can possibly uh, uh, publish.
1: I agree with you, and I think it's interesting, too. Uh, You know, I I find it interesting because... I have a lot of folks that, you know, come in whether it's for, you know, coaching or therapy or what have you. Uh and I have friends that are going through the same thing where they reach out to folks. Um and it's interesting when people reach out to folks that they've known and how that person responds. And it's interesting to see, you know, you know, do they accept the friend uh the friend request, but also the communication. And I think that's a big telltale sign because um it was kinda interesting. I, I had an experience with somebody Back in middle school, and for the most part, I've always had very good experiences with reconnecting with people on social media, Um, you know, from an experience that you had, multiple experiences, years of experiences. And it was interesting. And most people are always very, you know, forthcoming and, wow, it's great to hear from you. But it is interesting the folks who don't respond. And it is interesting the people that will not respond to your message. And I do find that very inherently um, clear as to how they feel about the relationship as well. And I think that that can be tough for some folks, and I know that some of you out there listening right now are saying, yeah, I try to reconnect with a friend of mine in high school or try to reconnect with a, a buddy that I used to hang out in college, and we hung out all the time, and then we, we, we lost contact for 20 years, and I reach out on Facebook, and yeah, we're Facebook friends, but when I try to communicate on Facebook Messenger, they don't respond, and I see that they've read the text or they read the message, and that can be a little overwhelming because I think everybody would hope to be able to stay connected to some degree. Um, But I think that that's also a telltale sign about maybe the depth of the friendship and also how far this person wants to even take it. They're able to open up their life to show you some pictures and maybe look at some of your pictures. But that's kind of the extent of it. And it's interesting to see how people choose how deep they want to get into someone else's life or to reconnect, you might say.
2: Well, this gets into the area of control, perceived control. You can't control the situation. And if somebody doesn't want to engage with you for whatever reason, it doesn't necessarily mean you did anything to them or that you harbor any ill will against them. You don't know what's going on in their life. I have learned to let that stuff go. Okay. Yes, am I slightly disappointed? Perhaps. But it's not going to kill me because I know I intended them no harm. I have done them no harm. So, whatever their issue is, whether they think maybe I know something about them that they're embarrassed about, if that's an issue for them, it's their issue i I can't mm-hmm. get wrapped up in that uh it doesn't mean that I dislike them or that I hate them or I think that they're a horrible person. I don't know them, and like you say they've it takes two people with similar intentions to uh nurture. A relationship, a real relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everybody is comfortable with that. Maybe because of something they got into that they don't want you to know about uh, because you knew their parents or something. You just don't know. Uh, life takes people under strange rabbit holes. So my, my, my recommendation is be comfortable with letting certain things go. If, it, if somebody responds well, great. If they don't, okay. Okay. Because you don't have enough time to become best best friends, BFFs, with absolutely everybody that you've ever encountered in your life. You're just not going to live that long. Uh, so make space for those people who really do have an interest.
1: I agree with you. So when we return, we're talking more about some of the things you can do and some of the things you don't want to do on social media and some, th- and some ways of safeguarding yourself from identifying or not identifying with others but some ways to really safeguard yourself from judging yourself on social media or judging what somebody does or doesn't do because that can be painful and we need to be able to safeguard ourselves still use social media in in the way that it's intended but leave the rest behind live your true life perspectives with your host me ashley burgess will be back i'll be back this and two
2: shakes. Get in here. You're listening to Perspectives with Ashley Burgess.
1: Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today's show, we've been talking about social media. We've been talking about how at one time it was the great connector and now the great divide. It seems that many of us are not only looking at pictures and comparing ourselves to other people or looking at other people's titles and comparing ourselves to other people but we're posting things that people can use against us we're also taking things personally that people do or don't do and it seems that social media has really gotten out of hand you know reggie and i've been talking about this in studio and now is our nuggets of wisdom you know we want to offer some nuggets of wisdoms of ways to offset this ways of not falling into the trap that we can find ourselves with social media overuse and with social media abuse. Because I think that there comes a time when we have to realize that we need to shut this stuff up and shut it off because it's not aiding and abetting in an a quality of life that we want. Okay. So, first off, one of the things that I want to propose is to realize that oftentimes on social media, we're normally seeing the absolute best. ...out of somebody's life. We're seeing a picture that was taken with the best of light, or we're seeing a picture that was taken 112 times by somebody that was on the other side of the camera that they almost had carpal tunnel after taking these pictures, and we're actually looking at that person's picture and judging our life by it. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen this, Reggie, but when you see somebody that you know and they're standing out in front of their Ferrari and, you know, the first thing you think, you know, now we know a little better than that, you know what I mean? But remember back in the day when you'd see that, and you'd be like, man, I can't believe John got a Ferrari. Holy hand grenade, Superman. And now we know a little better than that, because we know that sometimes it's just a car that's in a parking lot or it's in a car that they just kind of walk by. But now people do that with houses. They do it on boats. They do it in resorts. I mean, and then you got folks that literally are showing off the food they're eating every other moment, which is just absolutely disgusting after a while. But it's not getting sucked into that rabbit hole of either judging yourself, good or bad, to somebody, or feeling as though you have to reciprocate, feeling as though you have to show your life. Because I think that there should be some privacy, and I think that trying to prove who you are to other people through social media, through these pictures, is... Is not what I want to be doing, but I know how we can get sucked in that way. And I think that also we get sucked in by judging our lives because we see somebody and we think that they have everything going for them. And we feel as though we don't.
2: That's very true. And um, another thing that I would like to suggest is passing forward uh, some sage advice I received from my mom when I first started uh, my professional job. I was about 24 years old. And she pulled me aside and she said, son, never become a name dropper. And what she meant by that is that if, if you say, you know, somebody, you should be able to call them even after several years. We're not talking. And by your first name, they know who you are. Even if their secretary doesn't know. And she leaves them a message and says, well, Reggie called. And this person will call you right back. And the secretary's like, who in the hell is this? Mm -hmm. Um, because you have a real connection. She so said, now, if you just happen to be at a conference lunch with the governor, um, and you tell somebody that, oh, I'm friends with the governor. No, you're not. There were 2,000 other people in that conference room with you and the governor. You just happen to be in the same event. That's not saying that you know this person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I'm sharing is to say, If you need to cull through your 6,000 friends on Facebook or Instagram or wherever and figure out who are the really significant people in your life, use that as a guide to remind yourself, does this person really know who I am? Uh, Do we actually have some tangible connection, personal connection? that they will remember and reflect on and and will put a smile on their face. That's somebody you actually know. That's somebody you might want to really invest time in. And I'm not saying to throw all the other uh, connections away on your social media platform. I'm just saying start to prioritize who you really want to connect with, either for a specific business reason or a specific personal interest reason, um, and start there. Being careful about who you claim to know and who you just happen to uh, know of. Those are completely different uh, perspectives.
1: Very interesting, and I agree. It's about being aware of that and being able to see that and also not losing sight of our reality. I think that social media is a great opportunity to catch up with old friends. It's a great opportunity to communicate, to share Good news and maybe not so good news. It's a place to be able to have messages and to post some pictures of some things that really matter to you. But again, we realize that it's gotten a little out of control with all the other stuff. I want you to realize that you know what? When we see a picture on social media, it doesn't mean it's true. When we see something on social media, it doesn't mean it's real. And when we see certain people's lives in a different way, it doesn't mean necessarily that that's exactly the truth about the situation. And so instead of judging yourself in a negative way, instead of enforcing uh, a negative thought process, I want you to really look at your life clearly and say, hey, you know, can I take a little bit of moments from social media? But more than that... Have I been judging myself in a negative way? Have I been judging myself? Have I been looking at other people's lives and wishing it was mine? Okay, because what I've realized is that comparison is an illusion. And we must realize when we're using Facebook or social media, comparing ourselves and making ourselves feel bad. I hope this show has helped you, and stay tuned. Live your true life perspectives with your host, me, Ashley Burgess. We'll be back in, be back in three shakes.